Right, folks, welcome to the Dark Artisan Podcast, episode three of the combined smush togetherness of podcasts, <laughs> which which was Grant's suggestion. Uh, so, if you don't know who I am, I am, of course, Harry. I run the Dark Artisan YouTube channel, and to my my left, I have an angry Scots. Uh, <laughs> that's the opposite <laughs> way. <laughs> I've got an angry Scotsman. But you're I'm gin- grumpy, not angry. But you're ginger. Well, that's true. That's, that's pretty <laughs> undeniable at this point. So we, beard Mr. Is, Grant uh, Fraser, aka AC Tricks on uh, Twitter. That's where you can see most of his stuff. So go and give him a follow. Uh, and to my right, oh my we God. have Mr. Gareth Thomas. Say hi, Gareth. <laughs> so Gareth is mainly an Age of Sigmar player Grant is primarily Age of Sigmar But definitely leaning more yeah. into 40k uh, And of course I play yeah. both So hopefully um, you know, We're going to get a broad spectrum of opinions um, In this podcast Which, which is good um, So A lot has happened since the last podcast Two weeks ago and, and I just want to address the elephant in the room I was not part of that podcast because it was three or four days before my embargo was up to talk about ninth edition, so I didn't want to slip up and say something that I shouldn't. Yeah, because then we we were discussing all these rumors and ideas, and then because of because of leaks, GW the next day were like, ah, just speak about it. Yeah, which kind of rendered a lot of that podcast it, null and void. So, so that was the Thursday, and we were I was allowed to talk about it from ten a.m. on the Monday. Um, and obviously, because the podcast was recorded before then, I didn't take part in that because it was so hard to keep up with what had been revealed and what hadn't, and I knew everything. So it was just easier for me just not to take part. So thank you very much to Grant, of course, for running that. Um, so, uh, obviously, Grant is very clearly doing some hobby. Uh, Grant, what are you currently working on? I will show the one that's not drying. I am building... Savage orcs, big, big stabbers, yes. And uh, the rest of the box is being made into normal boys with stickers. <laughs> He's fine. <They're> fairly robust. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gareth, what have you been working on the last couple of weeks? Gareth. No. Can you hear us? There we go. There was noise there. I don't think Gareth no. can hear us. Yeah. <laughs> You can. Thunder Tusks. <laughs> Is your microphone not working, Gareth? Yeah, it's working. But I asked. There's definitely some sort of technical. Hmm, definitely. Well, uh, hopefully, Gareth can get that sorted whilst we uh, are recording. But. But. There is a giant, giant issue with Age of Sigmar at the minute, Grant. There is. There's, there, there, there's more than one. <laughs> Would you care to explain what is going on whilst I quickly tell people what I'm working on? I'm working on Space Tech Necron bases from Terry Demonscapes! <laughs> we need a graphic to pop up whenever you say Demonscapes. <laughs> I'll do that in my next battle reports, actually. <laughs> like, um, 60s style... Adam West Batman pow graphics and stuff going up the screen every time you see Demonscapes. <laughs> that would be so cool. So so anyway, what what's <laughs> happening with Age of Sigmar? Well, 
I guess. Well, depends if you want to go with your... Were you trying to make a pun? I assumed you were. Me? Yeah. No? Okay. Because I thought you were referring to the lack of Sons of Behemoth as the giant oh. issue in Age of Sigmar, you see? <laughs> see, I'm, I'm trying to give you a bit more credit maybe than you're due there. But... <laughs> yes, gi- giant is the big issue in Age of Sigmar at the moment. It's yeah. it's, it's one of probably, what, three issues? Yeah, I would say. So, the, well, the, the big, the really sort of main issue is the lack of points for the newer books in the in the GHB. Which is everything after August, I think? Well, there's not even points for Warclans. It's all the same. Warclans and cities haven't changed either. Warclans, cities, Augurs, Everchosen, and Seraphon. OBR? Hmm? Did OBR get points changes? No. No. How we get it? did. I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to read it. I don't normally read the live comments out when we're recording the podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) Roger's just popped up. Harry gets his own miniature for AOS. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if I go to the... To this, yeah. Oh no, Cities of Sigmar half had a change. Cities did get a change. They got two changes, yeah. Way, I think we almost heard Gareth. Yeah? Yeah, I can hear you. Right. That's so, sorry. Perfect. So what we were saying, Gareth, is, and I didn't intend this as a pun, that um, there's a giant issue in Sigmar. Mm. <laughs> I lack of. Um, so, so obviously that, that is one of the issues, because obviously the points for them are in the General's Handbook. Yes, yeah, so obviously we were supposed to have them by now. Yeah. And we don't. No. I don't understand. The, the, the thing that I've got right is Games Workshop have hyped Indomitus so much, right? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they just put the General's Handbook out with the Sons of Behemoth in the same week, right? And it would draw all the Sigmar players back and they'd get a huge cash boost from Sigmar yep. players. Most a lot. Don't get me wrong, a lot of people play both games, right? Myself. Yeah. Right? I'm dabbling in 40k. But, like, you're probably not getting Indomitus, are you? No. Because you don't you don't need it. But what I'm no, saying... I mean, it... I, have, I have a marine army, technically, over there, <laughs> in brew form. But it's not a priority right now, so I'll just wait and grab the separate kits. It's, it's not going to be an issue for me. Exactly. But, I mean, had they slotted in the General's Handbook... The Sons of Bear map is, is is what one model that or one yeah. kit and a, one kit and a, and a book a and cards. Maybe's dice if yeah. you were really lucky, right? Four mm. things. Why couldn't they I just stick that dice out? Bigger than the ogre dice. That's what we need. Dice bigger <laughs> than the you ogre know what? dice. That's what I, has to happen. I saw the dice in Battle Bunker, right? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a look at them. Wow! Thanks for that view yeah. of your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. So I saw the um, I, I saw the dice, and I was like, "Ooh!" And then I looked at the price, and then I looked at how many dice you got, and I was like, "Right, this is probably gonna duff." Eighteen quid for six dice? No. Bargain. <laughs> Bargain? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Like okay. they, they were so cool. 
But like, even with Justin's ten percent off, it it was eighteen quid for for eight, eight dice or six dice, and I was just like, no way. It just it wasn't worth it. No. Can you hear me now? By the way, I can. Yes. Oh, it's too late. There we go. Everything kind of fell over, but I think everything's okay now. So yeah, like they could have released that at the same time, easily. But then, oh, he's gone again. <laughs> no, I'm still here. <laughs> Folks, I just want to apologise about the technical issues. Clearly, clearly, there is an. I'm not even drinking. <laughs> well, I've just been down the pub, so. <laughs> oh yeah, because pubs have just reopened for you, haven't they? Yeah, Monday. Oh. By the way, he's a joke for everyone, right? An Englishman, a Welshman, and a Scotsman start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Yeah, like, they could have easily released all of that with the General's Handbook, and this still would have made almost the same amount of money as what they would have done, because most of the Sigma players who are probably going to be after Giants probably don't play that much 40k. Maybe aren't necessarily no. interested in in Indomitus. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Giants are going to be a big seller. I do think it's it's going to be a very popular army. Or at least, the, when they were originally previewed, there was a lot of talk about them. Yeah. And also, but now the hype's kind of died down a little bit. So, I'm assuming it'll still they'll still sell as well as they were going to, but... Well, I was talking to Justin... I was talking to Justin in Battlebunt the other day, right? Mm-hmm. And we were discussing what we thought the prices would be. Now, the smaller than an Imperial Knight, just. Yeah. But if you look at the amount of detail and how much plastic you're going to get in that kit because it makes all three variants. Mm-hmm. Right, you're going to have a lot of spare plastic anyway. If you look at Archeon, Archeon's 100 quid. The Knight Castellan yeah. is 100 quid. I wouldn't put the Giants past being 120. I don't know. I think that's going to price a lot of people out. They're going to be 100. I think they'll yeah. be 100. But I they, think they that's could much more. you can sell. Because then you're going to have it on the shelf next to Indominus at the same price. And that's yeah. going to be a really tough sell. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's different games. We're looking at the value proposition. Like one model for 120 quid. Even a hundred quid still gonna be pushing it, but I think those they do sell because knights sell. So I mean, there's obviously a market for that. Yeah. I mean, Gareth, you you mainly play Sigma. Bearing in mind, obviously, forty k is being rammed down our throats at the minute. <laughs> would you have had an issue if if the giants had come out, you know, the week before Indominus went to pre-order, or even in between? No. I think a lot of people wouldn't have, so I'm a bit surprised that that's the way they sort of they approached it. Yeah. Do you know, they could have had two really big injections of cash flow, right? Because let's face it, they didn't trade for, like, what, two and a half months? They did it online Come only on. for about two, three weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, they, could have, they could have done that as a massive cash injection. Um, yeah. But yeah. then, weren't they trying to fill orders in for um, uh, think a bit of orders that they couldn't get done during lockdown? So that might have yeah. been. 
actually yeah, they were kind of working through their backlog for a while. Now that I think about it as well, obviously their factory is maxed out actually building and creating Indominus. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Uh it kind of makes sense. It, it is a shame that obviously, you know, the the entire schedule has been messed up. But I still yeah. think that they could have probably let's say the Sons of Bayamat models are probably already made. Yeah, they'll be. They must be sitting in the in the warehouse. So I, it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't release them, but I feel like the Lumineth Realm Lords as well. Now I don't know about yeah. You, are your guys' local shops actually open yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Who, who's been in and how many boxes of Realm Lords have you seen on the shelf? Quite a few. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've not been in, but I know that um, the local independent guy in Aberdeen, he's still got a good few boxes. I think J- Justin's got about eight still in Battle Bunker. Yeah, I think everyone was expecting them to sell really quickly, and they just haven't. And they just haven't because there's there's not enough, there's nothing else coming. Like, well, we no, there is, we just don't know when. Which is the other big issue. Yeah, so why haven't they released the rest of that? I, again, I know obviously COVID, you know, chucks a spanner in the works. But you know what? When they released that box, if they'd shoved every model of Realm Lords out there, people who wanted it would have just gone and bought it. Oh, yeah. Because, again, Realm Lords is a big deal. Folk like High Elves. This is just High Elves again. I mean, it does. they don't do anything for me, but I know plenty of people that are excited for them. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't really get a lot in the box, do you? No. It's really? one hero with unit 10 troops and 5 cavalry. Is that it? Yeah. Ooh. Plus a limited edition codex or battle tome. Who cares? Dice, Who cards. cares about the? Co- it's got a different cover. Wow. Yeah. So that's fifty quid right there. That's what your limited editions go for. Do you get dice in there as well? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Mm. Probably the quite nice dice. Do you get the full collection of battle cards? You, yeah, I think so. There is cards in the box, I assume. Because if it's just a unit that's in the box, not worth it. If it's the entire collection, then yes, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But still, that—that's. I mean, the light of Altharian will probably be what twenty, twenty-five quid if he comes out by himself. He will. He will. The he's, horses. He's a good model. There's no way they're sleeping on that. The horses will be thirty-five or thirty quid. Yeah. And then thirty-five, I'd the, say. And then the dudes will be thirty. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you got Techless. Yeah, he's not in the box though. Yeah, what I'm saying is that they should have put them as the whole collection. Here you go. Uh, and then loads of people have bought the whole range. Yeah. And what they would have sold more of the boxes. There was also more in the sisters' box. I feel. Oh yeah, absolutely. There was loads in the sister's box. You got what, like a full squad, a Cannon S, Seraphim, uh, an end, a pennant engine thing, is it? And a couple other bits and pieces. Like it seemed, and that was what that was the same price as well, wasn't it? Not. Yeah. Yeah. So it just looked a bit odd. Like it just doesn't look like. You know, but you know, I'm. It's fine. It's out there, kind of irrelevant because you can't really play much games with it. Even the folk that have bought two or three boxes and selling off the extras are still going to struggle to put much of an army on the table. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's but. a shame that they did that way, but it, it you know it is what it is. The the yeah. other the other thing that I want I don't really want to jump between forty k and Age of Sigma, but I think we should get all of the crap stuff out the way first, mm. and then move yeah, on to the positives. Then. So the other crap thing, of course, was the limited release of Indominus. That yeah. that sold out worldwide mm. in like twelve minutes. So. I was initially quite annoyed by this, not because I wanted it, but because I thought it was a ridiculous situation. Mm-hmm. But having uh, and looked into it, I, more, I just I just want to quote one, Mister Ben Bailey. If you want one, don't worry. We've made tons yeah. of this. We've made enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is, though, apparently they've made more of that yeah. than they stole of Dark Imperium. Yeah, in its lifetime. Yeah. So I don't blame them for running out. No, because I don't think you can. I don't think one. Obviously, the time I thought, oh, it's ridiculous. You've just not made anywhere near enough. But once the kind of the information came to light, there's no way anyone could have predicted it was going to sell as much as it has. They'd literally. That's all they made for so long. But when you look at it, right, how much other stuff went out of stock on the GW website, and they weren't making more of it because they were making Indominus. Yes. So, so you sort of wonder, like, doing it on obviously their solution to it, like we're building Indominus for a lot longer, is gonna is that gonna have an impact on future schedules? Are we gonna see a slow down schedule? No, I don't think so because <laughs> they've, been, they've, they've been trying to get a second factory up and running for ages. I don't yeah. know if I don't know if it is up and running. I genuinely don't know. But if they've got a second factory up and running, because they they run their factory capacity like twenty four seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that don't have the Indominus factory. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah. I, th- I think what what will happen is they'll try and get the other major releases out first, and then work through the orders. Because yeah. one hundred twenty days they're saying for Indominus. Four months, yeah, and I think a lot yeah. of that is going to be printing of the box. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, the normal made order stuff is like six weeks, I think, like for the metal stuff. Like that, yeah. But, yeah. but it comes in white boxes. Yeah. So it's. So yeah, I think that's what they're gonna do, but um, obviously, th- there was a massive, massive public b- backlash over this. Yeah. Like, I know there's a whole host of stuff going on with Wizards of the Coast regarding magic at the minute. I don't know the ins and outs of it. But I know that they're getting a lot of stick at the minute, and I don't think games like you said they didn't anticipate selling that many that quick. No, I thought that they, they pro- probably thought it would last the weekend. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you've built enough as the lifetime sales of your previous editions box, you've got to think that's going to be enough. Yeah. Well, there's least... no way anyone can realistically guess you're going to sell out that quickly. Yeah. They they probably thought they had enough for uh, the pre-orders, and then they would have to dish out uh, more after. But can't fault yeah, them they... planning for that. But because honestly, I... I think the plan would have been this would have been the pre-order box, and then once like the launch windows passed, we would get a reboxing of it with a diff- the, you know without the limited edition rulebook and all that kind of stuff. But you know. That's yeah. uh, obviously changed slightly now, especially after eBay got a hold of boxes. 
So, so um, if anybody follows Chapter Master Valrak, uh, I know some people don't like him. I think he's a really great guy. <clears throat> he actually sat on Saturday at his computer live streaming, helping everybody he could find a box. Whether it was US, Australia, uh, UK, yeah, he, he, he was finding uh, and he was posting websites to everybody, uh, and he, he basically helped as many people as he could get one. Mm-hmm. Now he's actually done a video yesterday regarding GW's response to it, and GW responded obviously by making it make made to order, which is good because it does mean if you want one, you can have one. Just yeah, please, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Fine. Yeah. But what Games Workshop have actually been doing is taking down eBay listings. Yeah, which is great. And they've, they've, they've done it by claiming copyright on the images. Yeah, but that works because it, it also but, goes against eBay's rules. You're not allowed to sell stuff you don't actually have. No. No. And because obviously you can't prove that you got it because you don't have the picture. Yeah. Therefore, eBay have started taking them down. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Smart. There's still going to be some people willing to pay to get it before you know four months, and I totally get that. I really do. But it, it, a lot of people are going to say, "Well, why should I pay three hundred quid for it when I can actually get yeah. it for one hundred twenty-five from GW?" Just wait a while. Yeah. Especially, I think there was there was one guy that I saw. I saw their listings uh, shamed over Twitter. They had about a hundred boxes they were splitting. Mm-hmm. So I'd like, obviously, that's got they've gotten around the, the GW three order limit by using bots or friends and family, whatever they've done. And that was like what ninety quid, I think, a, a half. Yeah. So that's one hundred eighty. So you've already made sixty quid profit. Then you probably get another twenty five for the rule book. So eighty mm-hmm. quid profit per box. Because even with the percentage that eBay takes on each list, then yeah. you're still putting... You're still going to be quids in, yeah. Eight quid, something like that. No, there's just no need for it. Uh, the, the issue as well that I have, and I don't think anybody's pointed this out right, is it's not just Games Workshop that suffer with these limited boxes. Look at ticket sales for big artists like Adele mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's exactly the same. Well, places like Ticketmaster have shown they don't care about ticket sales anyway. They just want the money. They don't care if it goes to bots or not. Yeah. But I'm glad the GW is actually getting involved. Cause Ab- absolutely. Need for it. Absolutely. So, that's the negatives out the way. Yeah. We, we've already ranted for 20 minutes about negatives. But, right, but... <laughs> positives. Yes. Positives. Gareth, I presume you've read the General's Handbook and read some of the missions? I have. And I know Gar- um, uh, there, there, there. Grant has, because I played yes. one of the missions that he recommended today. Which one? Was that the Blade's Edge? Yes. Yes. Such a good one. And it went down to turn five. Yeah. And not many yeah. games in Sigma do that. You cannot, by the end of turn three, you pretty much call it. Mm hmm. This yeah. went down to turn five. Yeah, it's such a phenomenal mission. So, have you guys both read the other missions and stuff? What do you think of the missions? Through. So, I've got my book here because uh, I have no memory. 
I'll let Gareth pick a mission or two out while you talk about one. Yeah, so what I liked was, I've got to find the mission, is they've changed... Obviously, Triumphs have changed as well again. We've lost three. Yep, back down to three, which is reroll hits, reroll wounds, reroll saves. Because which indirectly hurts KO, which is a shame. Mm. What was the, So what was the other one? Reroll a charge, spend yep. a, a command point without actually command spending point. it. And what was the other yep. one? I very rarely got triumphs, so I never remembered them. <laughs> Fair enough. I tend to use I tend to use all my points. Yeah, but anyway, they're gone. You're back down to the standard three. Ah, yeah. A, a, another change that they made, which was positive, I think, is you can't stack ignore damage saves now. Yeah. Which, which in turn, I know Grizzle Gore's not necessarily a thing anymore. But the Terrorgeist has a spell, which is ignore damage on a 5, and Lucy yeah. actually stayed alive by using the 5, then the 6s and stuff before. The Rogue Idol could do that as well. In no, no. Oh, yeah. Or Big Wah. The Rogue Idol could get two aftersaves because of them as well. Yeah, so one of the things I liked was uh, focal points. Right. You actually get more points if a monster or behemoth is holding objectives. So that's quite cool. And I think there's another one that gives you leaders. Is leaders give a bonus as well? So they're definitely playing about with... Scoring with more by being scores. more aggressive and... Yeah, yeah. Vulnerable with your heroes and monsters. Ah, uh, no, it's a Scorched Earth. An objective in enemy territory cannot be raised while there's an enemy leader within six inches of it. Oh! So, like, yeah, so you've got to have your... You've kind of got to keep your leaders back in Scorcer to defend your objectives. So, that's quite cool. I like that. You can still score it for the one point. Yeah, but you can't burn it. You can't burn it. That's good. I like that. Yep. What about you? Nice little, little tweaks. What about you, Gareth? What missions have you noticed the little tweaks in? Uh, I, I've noticed that the uh, in tournaments now uh, they've got auxiliary objectives. Yes, yes. So that's now part of match play rules. Now, I had a bit of a meltdown in February when I took my Varangard list to a tournament because Grant was like, yeah, you need, to be, you need to be wary of your secondaries. I was like, what's them? What? <laughs> You're used to them. I had to learn them there and then on the day. Uh, have you ever used them? I was to push around, so it wasn't like it was difficult. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think of that, Gareth? I mean, obviously, I know Grant likes them because he's a more competitive player. But what do you think yeah, of that? Debatable. <laughs> I I think they that it's another dimension. So uh, instead of victory points getting you a minor victory, you you effectively have to play, have to think about these auxiliary objectives. Uh, I think it helps um, some of the armies which aren't as powerful as say um, Zinch or. Um, slaves to darkness. darkness. <laughs> uh, what well, slaves to darkness is powerful? Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just think um, it helps those armies that haven't had a book. Yeah, well, the, for example, there's a tournament 
today in Northern Ireland, run by the Exploding Dice guys. Mm. Oh, we need an Irishman? I know. <laughs> and game game one, now I can't remember the players' names, I just saw this on Twitter. Um, I was going to look it up, but I'm using my phone, so I can't. Um, was, if it had been under the old GHB, one player would have won on kill points. But because of the new rules, even though he was wiped out, he had more secondary points, so he got the minor win. Wow. So I really like that change. That's a positive change for the game, because some armies don't really want to kill you. They want to control you. They want to hold you in place. Um, so it opens up places. We don't have to just kill everything, which, again, it's, it's more tactical. It's more thought going into it. Yeah, that, that's something that I don't like about... Um, sorry, it's a, a rule that I noticed that changed in 40k. If you concede, you score nothing. Which means, if you're in a tournament, you still have to keep playing the mission. Even though you know you're going to get wiped out, you yeah, still you have still to play the... because you need to claim your points at the end of the mission, regardless yeah. of whether you lose. And it's... Do you know what? I kind of like that, right? Because I remember seeing a game of 40k on the Warhammer TV Twitch channel, and I'm pretty sure where it was the... It might have been the GT Finals, Right? And it was, I think it was guard on guard or something else. I don't remember exactly. But one guy went first. His opponent went. And then he went second. And they called it after that. Yeah, see, that's... After one and a half turns, they called the game. So then it was a case of... Oh, we're live streaming. Uh, this game was supposed to take two hours, 45 minutes. Uh, it's over in 40. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not sure being big was... I'm not being big headed here, right? But when I ran that Archeon list at the tournament, that happened to me every time. By the time I started it's turn so three, aggressive. oh yeah, it's hyper aggressive. But I I had like three hours to wait between games. Yeah, which isn't fun either. No. And, and then I got bazookaed by the bazooka <laughs> with, with thirty <laughs> eels. Yeah, which yeah, that's a whole on the subject. Why have yields not gone up in points? I don't know. They should have. <laughs> they are yeah. way too efficient for the points that they are. Super efficient. But like... They don't GW, GW must have looked and thought, hang on, why the fuck is people running 30 yields? Yeah. Why is that the only e uh, Eidneth units we see? And Volturnus. Yeah. And like a Soul Scryer, potentially. Although, shout out to Andrew Stephen up here who's building a shark list. Hey! <laughs> Maybe six or eight sharks in it. So I'm looking forward to seeing that on the table. Good. Um, I've also noticed something else that's changed in 40k as well. Now, this is only a leak. I do not have the book. I can tell you I don't have the book because I don't have the book. But in chapter approved, they ditched the specialist detachments... Um, yeah, from Vigilus, which might hurt your Speed Freak list. Nah, I don't use that attachment. Alright, okay, but still, you've got the Wraith list. I, I, I might have, but like, I don't think it was really worth it for the way my list is built. Okay. So, what they've done is they've basically said that in tournament play, you cannot use those specialist detachments. Which, for Orc players, not only have you been shafted with points on Grotts, Oh, that's a point, yeah. I didn't even think about the other one. The You've now bloody... no longer got access to that Relic Shock attack gun. 
Yeah, I never that never clicked until the competitive now. player. Yeah, that's a big one actually. It is. Uh, so the dr- and that obviously means you don't get access to the custom ammo uh, strategy to fire again, mm-hmm. which is pretty big. Yeah, um, you always took that, didn't you? You always paid the command points to make the shock attack gun better. You can't because yeah. it's only uh, in that detachment. Cross, you're gonna couple of points from three to. Seven is it? No, I don't think so. No, grots have gone up. Oh, grots have gone up. Uh, yeah. I think I think the five points are model now. Yeah. Yeah. So from three to five, like that's twenty points height. per ten. Well, that's... people wouldn't stop. Well, people didn't spam them. But, but boys are just infinitely really... better though. But the grots are so efficient for their points. We just wanted objective holders. That's what it came down to. Yeah. Although real men just play with vehicles and don't need objective holders. Like. No, no. Um, so yeah, th- that was an interesting change to get rid of that. Uh, and people are going, it's kind of like the rule of three, right? People are going, it's a suggestion. Oh, it's for organised events. But look what they did. They put it in the game. Yeah. I, I have no issue with the rule of three either. I think, I think it's... A means to an end. Do you know what? I genuinely don't... I don't think the rule of three makes that much difference now that you're not spamming detachments to gain command points. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because all you were doing is you were taking a spearhead with three of the best things in it to get a command point. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. oh yeah, you want to take three of them? Cool, go ahead and take them, but cost you three command points. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you need the rule of three and the way the detachments are now constructed. Fair. There. Which means it probably just become an irrelevant rule. It's there, but we just no one really needs it anymore. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully we get the points for Sigmar Seizure. I know we've jumped back for it. Yeah, that's the one thing that hopefully be nice we got them this week. But 40k is going to be so pushed. That's that. That's more my concern with the. We're going to be so pushed into 40k. Yeah, for the next little while. When are they going to drop these points? It, we need it, them. it does knock it... knock me right. The Games Workshop have basically just released the General's Handbook and gone. Oh, Sigma players, there you go. Forty player, forty k players, carry on. And Sigma players have just stood like going, what? And it's a good book. What? We were saying this before we came on. <laughs> yeah, it is. The missions are great. I mean, the, the other big thing is realms are completely different now. Oh like, crap! How could I forget that? Yeah, Malign sorcery gone. Yeah, no, no thermal rider cloak, no griff feather nope. charm, no ge- gear no strike, and no ethereal no amulet. quartz brooch gone. All gone. I absolutely look. It's so good because, and I'm guilty of this. I have never ran any relics other than them four that I've just mentioned. Yeah, there was an event, the Howling last year. Uh, up here, and the Malign Social Relics were banned from that event. And most people were like, yeah, it's fine. It's not yep. really an issue. Most, it was mo- good, most people it was know what bullshit. Because let, let's face it, right? When you pick and choose one of those relics mm-hmm. to go on a certain model, it's bullshit. Yeah. A troll hag with a griff feather charm <laughs> is bullshit. 
<laughs> a stone a stone horn right with the thermal rider cloak moving 17 inches with fly is bullshit but you took it yeah that's the thing you had to take it though because that was by far the best option but there is good that's the thing like it, it was for a while there was no good artifacts in a lot of the books Our armies didn't have new new books but now that almost every army's got a decent-ish book there's plenty of artifacts in the books to use yeah absolutely it's a chaos um yeah maybe but they're there's the mouth <laughs> that, that, that's AOS on hard mode Beasts of Chaos are AOS on hard mode yeah which is because they're really cool so yeah. it, it's kind of weird because like the, they've getting rid of the expansions in both systems mm-hmm. so Malign Sorcery's gone which is interesting yeah. because now my little gaming manual is almost irrelevant now as well well it's a new it's a, the gaming books became irrelevant when the GHB dropped really yeah it's a shame because that was a good book. It had everything in there apart from. I'm sure we'll get one. It didn't have your bloody triumphs in there. <laughs> it yeah, didn't. Not like that's important or anything. I'm sorry, right? But when you run a 1960 Slaves to Darkness list with five drops, it's important. <laughs> and I remembered it every bloody game. So yeah, like obviously getting rid of Malign Sorcery like that and then getting rid of... They haven't gotten rid of Vigilus of Blaze and Defiant, but you can't use them in tournament play. Fine, okay. No, and I think it's one of those things. It means they can retire the book from print. Yeah. Like, they don't have to keep these books in print so folk can buy them and use them and but then how fair for everyone. But then how do you get the spells now? Yeah, yeah they might rebox them. Yeah. They could just rebox them without the rules. But then, you could still use them in narrative play. There's nothing stopping using all those relics for narrative stuff. Yeah, because so... it is match play only that I want to point out that they've, they've got. Yeah, because yeah. <clears throat> narrative play can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Another thing that they're getting rid of as well, again, which I, I don't like, is, is the missions in 40k, right? There is no Maelstrom missions anymore. Maelstrom yeah, is just gone. I'm but... still going to play it. Do you know what annoys me the most out of that? The fact that they put the prices up on cards. Yeah. Why? When you, when you can't them. use them and half your stratagems are missing, half of them are misworded, half of them are different command points, why not just get rid of all the cards altogether now? Yeah. I think I think Milstrom will come back. I don't know they're going to get rid of it altogether. I think there'll be a Maelstrom expansion or something. I think when we get the proper chapter approved at the end of this year. Yeah. Because, they, let's face it, if they're dropping a, a, a GT field manual now... Mm-hmm. what could are, be a more narrative one. What yeah. are they going to put in chapter approved? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I don't know about anybody else, right? But I do not like the ninth edition missions. From what I've seen of them, they do seem a nightmare score. And I can't count anyway, so it doesn't really help me. <laughs> it, it, it's so right. So you can score at the end of your command phase. You can score at the during your turn. You can score at the end of your turn, and you can score at the end of the battle, depending on which yeah, secondaries part- you pick. Right. 
some for example, I picked one against Egan. For every vehicle you destroy, you get ten. Uh, sorry, two wound, two victory points. But then, if the vehicle has ten or more wounds, you get three victory points. But then there was another one that says for every. Uh, I think it was bring it. Oh, not, big guns never tire. For anything that you kill that has more than ten wounds, not ten or more, mm-hmm. like the other one, more than ten, then yeah. you get so many victory yeah. points. And then the other one, which was to basically kill models, add up the total models that you destroyed throughout the entire game, divide it by 10 and round it down. That's how many victory points you get. Yeah, Why? Why? It's so hard to work out. I mean, I guess it would then become quite granular, though, so it should all, you should always have a varied score of player A versus player B and could be good for rankings and tournaments. Cause but you barely had ties anyway. Different points. Yeah. yeah, I know. But I mean, for like filtering the rankings at the end like if everyone's got such a granular score throughout the whole event mm-hmm. then placing should be fairly accurate to how you actually played maybe uh, Mark's just actually pointed out in chat that the Vigilist books is, are actually no longer available on GW's website no there you go out of curiosity I wonder if my line sorcery is ah I would uh, think it, because it comes with models it would be yeah what are your thoughts on 10 victory points for a painted army? I like it. Gareth? Because I would never play with an unpainted army. I like it, but I can see it being a problem for newer players. I, personally, I, I like it for organised events. Yeah, I think that's what it's... I can't see it being used... Again, all this stuff, to me, it's more of an organised event thing. If you go, if you go to your local game shop, and you, you're playing just a pickup game, or you organise a game with your friends, or some you know random that's in your Facebook group, that, if your local store, and you're like, oh, do you fancy a game then? I don't think you should have to even no. score that. I think no. organised events, absolutely, yes, one hundred percent. But then organised events have always had dating requirements. And yes, but now it's a written get... rule. Yes, there's always. Usually, always get tournament points for bringing a painted army and penalised if you don't. So it never really happened. Um, Malian sorcery is actually still up on the website. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What? What? I know you go to tournaments anyway, right? For Age of Sigmar. This bad boy isn't on the website anymore, though. Can't buy bail wins anymore. Can you not? Mm. No. no, it's gone. Oh. <laughs> and it's still on the points. Like it's still in the GHB, so it's still legal. But yeah. Don't sell them anymore. Fair enough. I know, obviously, a lot of tournaments independently have their own rules to say your army's got to yeah. be like three colours and based. What yeah. What would your thoughts be if that was a written rule in the general's handbook for matched player? Again, I would be fine with that because I feel that if you're just playing like pickup games and stuff like that, you kind of choose what rules you want to follow. Anyway. It doesn't really matter, and wins and losses don't matter in pickup games anyway. So if you lose a game because of your unpainted models, because someone's determined to score them, well, it doesn't really matter. You know you won the mission. So you knew you knew how you played the game. I think anything that encourages hobby is good, but I understand the hobby isn't for everyone. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think most of the packs I've seen in the last little while, the wording isn't so much three colors and based. It's let's see that you've made an effort, basically, is what it is. 
Like, let's see you put some time into it. Because that's that is part of the hobby. And it's it's much nicer to see two fully painted armies across the table from each other. Doesn't matter how well it's painted. Because you're looking at oh. it from six feet, uh, you know, two feet away anyway. Yeah. So, like, it, it is good. Paint. But you, you, you've contrast got. Contrast paint. This guy took me no time at all to contrast paint. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I was about to say it is from GW's perspective, the fact that they're actually saying your army needs to be painted to score points, people will naturally try and put effort in now where they may <laughs> not have before. And. Um, I want to say it targets meta chasers, but realistically, it doesn't because the meta chasers will have a painted army. Yeah, I because mean, because again, they know yeah. they scored on it. Exactly. So, it. I just think it's it's one of these things. It's them trying to, I think, have the hobby look a bit nicer to people, and just have more of a hobby of focus rather than just the gaming mm -hmm. side of things, which has always been their thing. They've always been we're a, a model company that sells rules, like. The rules are the byproduct to buy to sell the models. The models are the main thing. So the hobby is therefore one of the main things. It, it for us, a lot of people, the rules are what comes first. It goes That's never been GW's perspective. It goes full circle as well because, like you said, not everybody is necessarily into the hobby, and I completely mm -hmm. agree. There is probably what I would say four aspects of of Games Workshop hobby as a whole, right? And what you tend to find is there's very very few people that actually love all four aspects. So. Yeah. You've got the collecting side of it. I love collecting. I think everyone, I think everyone loves that. Everyone's <laughs> got boxes of plastic everywhere. Um, you've got. You'd be making profits during a pandemic if we weren't. No, we're all terrible for that. What? What was it? Eighty-seven million profit this year. Oh, I don't know. And and that's profit, not turnover. Um, yeah. So the second aspect is the building and painting side of it, which for me personally, I love. Love painting, hate building. Uh, Lucy's the same. She hates building. I have to build her models, <laughs> and she paints mine. Um, sure. I mean, some of them I don't mind. Like, I'm building up a ton of Savage Orbs just now, and it does remind you just how much mold lines were on old kits that we're so grateful that just aren't a thing anymore. They're not bad, but they are on everything. Yeah, the other aspect is the gaming side of it now, especially a battle bunker. Um, I know a couple of people who love playing, right? Mm -hmm. Really aren't that bothered about building and painting. They'll build the models, but they'll probably not paint them, or they'll paint them and spray them with primer, or they'll get someone else to paint them. Yeah. And That's fair. I mean, it, it is very fair. A lot of people love that aspect. but Commission painting's a thing. There's plenty of people who make a living doing it. Absolutely, but even then, the people that now couldn't paint or, or felt they couldn't paint before the whole thing that GW have been pushing down people's throats for the last year since Contrast come out is battle ready and yeah. I'm uh, do you know what I paint a lot of models a lot a lot of models not as quick as Ian <laughs> no but <laughs> I paint a lot of models and do you know what Contrast even for somebody who paints as much as me, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I since Contrast came out, that's pretty much all I've used. Yeah, I and still I've painted my Orc Speedfix vehicle army with Contrast. Yeah, yeah, and it works. I, I've st I've still painted a lot of stuff not with Contrast because 
I've already got collections of models that are painted without yeah. it. Yeah. But, but the Night Haunt, one paint yeah. on that is not contrast, mm-hmm. and that's Grey Knight Steel, yeah. the metal. Everything else is it's Wildwood, it's Warpstone, Warp Lightning, and Black yeah, Temp and Black Templar, and then I airbrush the white on the bottom, and that's it. Okay, yeah, yeah, and that's it. Well, and it's like when I'm I got into airbrushing, adding to bone splitters, but I've managed to replicate the scheme with contrast pretty damn accurately. Yeah, which when I've got a hundred boys to paint up, I'm pretty happy about. And do you know what? When I've got 40 chain rasps sat here on my desk to paint, I'm very yeah. glad. But when I look at my to paint pile, right, I've got 30 demonettes. I've sprayed them white, I'm just going to contrast them. Yeah. And I've got Daughters of Cain. Granted, I've only got 10 more um, actual daughters, uh, witch elves. I will contrast them. Um, I really like contrast for flesh. It's such a, a great thing for skin. Yeah. Because yeah. you only you can get away with one layer, so you're not worrying about obscuring details on like small faces and stuff like that. You can just kind of slap the contrast on, it dries in, and you can see everything nice and clearly. Whereas once you do like the base layer, then the wash, then the highlights, if you're ham fisted like I am, you'll end up potentially obscuring a face. Yeah, I think you've got to pick and choose the models that you paint the contrast with, right? So yeah. especially obviously the Ghost of the Nighthorn re- works really well on them. You can't really get away with it, in my opinion, on things like Space Marines. The armor is too flat. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just too flat. I've seen it done. Yeah. I've seen it done well, but it's not easy. There's a YouTube series called Evie Contrast. Yeah. Where the person does Marines with contrast paints. Right. The issue with that is, once you get like the foot guys looking good, you cannot do a space marine tank with contrast. It's too much of a box. Oh, yeah, the flat surfaces it just pulls. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got away with it on my orcs because I've been changing colors with each panel, and then I'm weathering it. Yeah, exactly. You which hides you... a lot of the the issues. Yeah, a lot of the the blotches or so forth. Yeah, what... orcs can't paint well anyway, so mm. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so. Any models that have a lot of detail and, and not ver- non-flat panels, I think contrast works phenomenal on. All of the demons, I think all of the demons you can get away with. Yeah. Um, I think quite a lot of other armies you can get with. So I think uh, Cabalites that aren't the vehicles you could get away with. So uh, Sorry, mm-hmm. Drukhari. So the Witches and the Cabalites I think you can get away with. Gene uh, Steeler Cult. My God, them models! <laughs> I have spent hours and hours and hours painting neophytes for a five-point model that is just blown off the table by guardsmen with fl- with flashlights. <laughs> and I'm so I'm sorry. Exactly. Um, you know, th- there's a lot, a lot of applications when, you, especially when you look at the new Sigma stuff, um, the daughters of Cain. I mean, you did your fl- uh, fire slayers with it. The, the whole fire slayer range it makes paint and flesh easy and um, it, it's not it's not to what I would call commission standard fire slayers are with him now <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I heard about that <laughs> um, so I don't think it's not one of them things that takes you to commission standard or it's not going to win oh, you God, any no. awards no, no. 
But if you want an army painted to get it on the table, it does the job. Yeah, 100%. And especially uh, for Peaceful it, Raiders. That's another great one to do because slap on the contrast, dry brush the fur. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. For me, obviously, I film from quite, like, you know, two and a half, three feet away. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm doing the really close up shots, it doesn't need to be that amazing. No. I mean, unless you're going for painting wards, you don't need to edge highlight every little thing. Unless you want to, and no. knock yourself out, but I don't. Most of the death range, I think you could get away with using it, especially skeletons. The skeleton horde is fantastic for skeletons. Yeah. Um, and the flesh colours are phenomenal. Really, because it's not as high tech. KO, you'd maybe struggle with the boats. I wouldn't do the boats with it. Yeah. Yeah, most actually, of are... what I would do with that is paint it or spray it uh, different metallics, and then yeah, paint and then... the contrast over. In particular, I think Blood Angel Red over a gold base looks really nice. You can do a nice coppery color with um, snake bite over lead belcher. Right. I did. I did a lot of the a lot of the detailing on my speed freaks. I kind of stuck that on like exhaust mm-hmm. piles and stuff just to just to change up the color. Yeah, snake bites a really nice one for that. I I, I feel like I need to do an honourable mention to Apothecary White. Yes, it is amazing. The hero that everyone needed. Absolutely. Oh God, I have I've only painted one Apothecary with it, mm-hmm. but okay. I, I did Sanguinius's wings with it, and obviously that's a hundred and twenty quid model. Yeah. Um, and the white hair on um, Sister Ethereal Stern and Cagnil. Oh, yeah. Um, Lucy painted them, but she didn't want to do the, the hair. And I was like, mm. no bother! White contrast! Done! Yeah. <laughs> it needs a good shake. It's the one that oh, I yeah. find that's, yeah. that settles the worst of them all. Yeah, it's definitely one of the Most worst. Most of the rest of them are fine, but that one needs a, often needs a damn good shake to get mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fourth aspect of the hobby, going back to what we were talking about, is the law oh, yeah. and the background. Now, yes. as much as I like it, I can't read. I, I can't. I, <laughs> I can read, obviously. I can read people in chat. <laughs> I read invoices and stuff at work. I can read. I can't read a book or novel. I don't have the attention span to sit and read even all the stories in Psychic Awakening, I haven't read them. Shocking. When when <clears throat> when GW sent me the ninth edition rule book, right, I I sat down with Lucy and I went, right, I need to make some notes of this. I'm gonna have to physically read this book and really pay attention to what the rules are telling me. Yeah. Because I'll read it and I'll just go whoosh. And as much as I can read something, I don't absorb it. Yeah. I can yeah. read the words aloud, but I don't take in what, what, what I've read. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I read a lot of the lore. I follow a lot of the lore. Largely an audiobook, but I do have a frightening pile of books as well. And I'm yeah. reading about three at, three at the same time. I, I have listened to a couple of audiobooks. The problem that I've got is I'm quite often live streaming. Hmm. Or I'm editing a battle report. Or I'm playing a battle report. Recording. I don't have time. And I really wish... Then you've got time to listen to them. Well, yeah, because you've seen your tractor all day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would absolutely love to listen to more audiobooks, but I just I don't have time with with everything yeah. that I've got going on. I don't have time, and I wish I did. But keeping mm. up with all of the releases that GW have come out, playing two systems, doing it, it's hard to keep up with. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot out there. Like realistically, like if I look behind me, but I don't want to because I'm going to pull this thing over again. There's a pile of books in it that I've had for ages that will take me forever to get around to reading. Um, but I tend to buy them because a lot of time the Black Rebel stuff goes out of print. Yeah. Fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, like, what did I last get? Oh. Uh, I think the. Oh, I can't think what came in last. I just ordered some, though. I just ordered the huge. Look, you've seen it. The Dan Abnett short story collection. It's like a phone book. It's ridiculously big. So I've got that in the new 40k short story collection. Um, the horror stuff's really good. I think I'd recommend them to anyone. The horror anthologies are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Crime, the new Crime label. I think that's going to be good because I'll, I really enjoyed like the Ravener and Eisenhorn series. So it's also going to be that kind of vibe, hopefully, going into the Crime stuff, which is out soon. First mm-hmm. of August, they go for pre order. So that'll be good. Yeah. So th- th- that's what I was saying. So there's obviously those four aspects. And what I find is people probably love two possibly three not many people love all four now obviously i I love collecting uh you do not want to open the cupboard in this room and i dread (laughs) when i'm going to be moving in about six to eight weeks time um i love painting and hobbying but for me i don't always necessarily get to put the the amount of love and time into models that i would sometimes like to because yeah. I paint for the channel to get stuff on yeah, the yep. table, I do have to cut corners with what I paint. So what I find yeah. is, is whilst my armies aren't battle ready, I've learned ways to make them look good with minimal effort. Yeah, that's what, that's perfectly fine. Like Lu- Lucy Sylvana, for example, we tend to get quite a few compliments on them. And I literally sprayed them brown, dry brushed them Sylvanath bark, Sprayed some of the edges with Warlord Purple, which is a really rich hot pink, and then spray the edges with Squid Pink, and a tiny bit of purple, and then do the bases up. Yeah, I, I can paint Sylvan. I did ninety dryads in one sitting, Grant. That would be great. <laughs> I painted a hundred and twenty ghouls for Lucy in one sitting with airbrushes. The thought of building that much models does not sit well with me. And then, of course, gaming. I love gaming. I don't like the competitive side of it that much, but I love the narrative side um, mm-hmm. and the randomness. That is that is what I love, and which is why I'm sad about uh, Maelstrom being gone. Um, but then the law. I know enough to get by, and I will read bits that I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the Nine Psychic Awakening books, never read them. Never read them. Last series I finished was The Beast Arises. It was very good. I really enjoyed that. I kind of wish they do more of stuff like that rather than the Horus Heresy, which is like 50, 60 books, if not more, maybe 80 now, I don't know. Which I've lost interest in because I can't be bothered. The Beast Arises was 12. It was written as 12. Yeah. I think they released one a month for a year. Do more of that. That's manageable. But I look at the Horus Heresy now and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> and for a new person, like they pick it up and go, "Oh, this is great!" Like the first three books are still amazing. Then you look at what's ahead of them, 
I can't imagine many people sticking with it. Yeah. Especially when a lot of the a lot of the books are not the best. Yeah. So we we've just hit the hour mark, which means uh, we now move on to predictions as to what's coming forward. That made I no think sense. Ninth coming that's, soon. that's my prediction. Ninth edition might be coming soon. Be. Uh, for me, it, it hit like three, four weeks ago, I think. Uh, I, I can't like remember. Internet points. I can't remember. <laughs> It, honestly, it throws us off getting stuff early because it's like, hang on, what can I talk about? What can't I talk about? What's coming out next week again? I've already had that a week. Why is it only coming out in in a week's time? What? It, it's com- we mortals. It is confusing. It really is. Um, obviously, we know ninth edition's coming out. I'm not. Yep. We don't need to cover Indominus. But Warhammer TV put a post up saying that they were having an Indominus release party on Saturday to join everybody from one forty five. And there was going to be a preview of new models. So the last preview we saw the Hammerfall turret, the Chaplain on bike, and we saw the Primaris. Tech really nice. The Chaplain on bike is so nice. Yes, so so nostalgic of the old metal one. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic well, model. Good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, they showed off the Necrons, which was the new scenery piece, which is the three floating mm-hmm. things. You've got the Lotus Destroyer. And then you've got the Canoptec Walker thing with the Doomsday Cannon on and the top. Shown, the Void Dragon the King, and the Silent King. Yeah. yeah. So they showed all them off last time. They still technically haven't said, he is your new monolith. Even though it's in the pictures. Yeah, so we'll probably see that then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully there's one or two more Necron units as well. Because I still think there's a little mm-hmm. guy skulking behind the monolith. Um, new, more Primaris models, I think... You remember that Blood Angel picture that was floating around that was incredibly pixelated? Yeah. And everyone was like, that is Primaris Bikes, that's Primaris Bikes, that looks like a Chaplain. And obviously it was. Yeah. There's a land speeder in that picture. Yeah. Which it, I really want to see a Primaris land speeder. It's not, the land are cool. It's not the ATV. You, you can no. see that it's not. Because the ATV is the attack bike replacement. It was never the land speeder. I saw, I did see people saying, oh, it's the land speeder replacement. So, well, it's nah. obviously the attack bike replacement. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The land speeder replacement, I'm looking forward to seeing what that's got. However, Blood Angel players, hopefully rejoice, because that looks very clearly to me, and I've said this since day one, like a ball repulsor. It it looks like it's got a flamestorm cannon on the top of a repulsor turret, a body. It would be cool to see stuff like that. But, I still want my Land Raider Crusader Primaris. <laughs> with, with, with twin onslaught Gatling cannons on the top and Hurricane Bolt Rifles down the side. Give me that. Hurricane Bolt Rifles? Yes. Give me it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think... Do you know what? I, I think Blood Angels are getting a new book. I genuinely think they're getting their new book soon. I don't. They're, they're not going to be one of the first two or three. But no, because we'll get all these... Space Marines and Necrons, and they've said Death Watch is coming out very soon after. Soon. Therefore, I wouldn't be surprised if Harlequins were pretty close to that. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't get a proper update in Psychic Awakening either. And they could do with some new models. Yeah. It's a very limited range. So yeah. I'd be happy enough to for them to get some new love. They need, they need to bring a mime back. <laughs> no, all, all it should do is basically act like a Kalexis assassin. Because mm. that, that's what it does. Yeah. So bring bring the mimes back, man. 
bring the mimes back. But um, no, I, th- I think they'll probably be the. I think they'll be the third and fourth book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after that, I think Blood Angels will be close. And there's a number of reasons I think that. Right, one that image. Yeah, it was Blood Angels. Was Blood Angels. They don't put very many. Was Genesis chapter. No, go away. It's Blood Angels. <laughs> so they they don't put many, if any, pictures of Blood Angels in the Space Marine Codex. No, because they're not part of it. Because they're not part of it. But the Genesis chapter are. Shut up. <laughs> Do you know there's also an Iron Hand successor chapter that looks exactly like Blood Angels? Is there? Yes. There's only so many ways you can paint red, I guess. Um... I, I, I think they'll be soon because obviously Mephiston's just been updated. Realistically, right, Blood Angels should be a much bigger part in the law than what they are currently. Yeah. Da- Dante is, is Lord Commander of the Imperium Nihilus. He leads the northern side of the rift. He's the king of the north! Primaris Dante. I don't think we'll get Primaris Dante. Um, I, I think Dante needs to die. As a Blood Angel player, Dante needs to die. He's wanted to die for so long, right? Yeah, you know, if I want to keep him around and miserable. Hmm. He is unhappy now. Just, dr- just drag him through the Rubicon Primaris. It's apparently, no. no matter how dangerous it is, nobody dies. They do. No one, no one important has gone through it. Mephiston. He went through it because... Primaris? Mephiston's Primaris now. That's what I'm saying, but... Nobody's. They'll make the point that the crossing the Rubicon Primaris is dangerous. No, but that's why yeah, everyone... Mephiston went and not Dante. Yeah. Because they basically thought, right, if Mephiston dies, oh well. Yeah. He was in a fit of rage. If he dies, never mind. If Dante goes through and dies, nah, Dante is too valuable. But it's something to do with a Blood Angel gene seed that actually affects them and makes the cross more dangerous. Which is why they didn't send Dante through. Send Seth through. Seth hates Primaris. He does, but now that we've seen they're getting the flaw, I could see him being more accepting of them. Because his whole argument against them was they don't have the flaw. But now they clearly do. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine being that annoyed at them now. They're, they've just got extra attacks and he likes attacks. And I'm sure, right... Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I am positive I have seen a picture somewhere, an official picture of Death Company intercessors, or somebody's mentioned it, of Death Company assault intercessors. I have seen it somewhere. I swear to God, I have seen it somewhere. Actually, Mark raises an interesting point that should put Bjorn through it. A redemptive Bjorn. That would be so cool. No, you couldn't put him in a redemptor. Why? Oh, because it burns him out too quick. Yeah, you'd lose you'd lose Bjorn. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a shame. No, I genuinely think, right, Dante is gonna die very, very soon in the law. And the reason I think this, right, is because every time the Sanguinors appeared to him, uh, it's been vastly important. And the last time he appeared to him, Dante basically told him, Look, I'm tired, I'm old. I want to just die. What was he, like 800? Uh, 1650. Okay. Yeah, he's old. He's old, old. It would be nice to see somebody step up to the rank of Chapter Master that's a new character. I think Mephiston would step up. Hmm? It's difficult. I I don't think that... Mephiston could do it. 
But the issue is he's chief librarian as well. Yeah, I don't think they would do that. He's there's very few chapters that chief librarian leads, and it tends to be a big deal if that's the case. But when you when when you listen to Dante and Devastation of Baal, Carlene is basically Dante's pet dog. I haven't listened to Dante yet, actually, but Devastation of Baal is very good. Um, Carleen is basically mm-hmm. it, it, Dante is like shaping him to become the chapter master. Yeah. But I don't like Carleen. I don't like him at all. Um, no, so I it, I would like it to be Mephiston, but I don't think it would be, would be. I think the problem is if they do Mephiston, he's already got a new model. And they, and they, would, want to, they would want to sell something. What would exactly. be nice, and, and the reason I think Dante is going to die, right, is because the Sanguinos said to him, uh, it's not your time yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. Uh, and Dante has had a vision of himself on the Golden Throne. Or stood in, so the, go- be- stood in yeah. the room with the Golden Throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also, I, I, I'm probably mixing them up here, but the, the vision... Is Dante on the throne? I think. Okay. Basically taking the emperor's place. But he's not a spiker. No, but he's got a connection to the Sanguinor, and nobody really knows what the Sanguinor is apart from Mephiston. But it's, apparently, um, it's, it's, it's Destiny. Fetus Manus. He's hiding behind the mask. He's got no head. Dante does take his mask off, though. No, I'm saying the Sanguinar. He's secretly Ferris Manus of the Iron Hands. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. No, no, he's not. So I, I genuinely think Dante is... They're going to write him out like that. Yeah. Something big is going to happen. Cool death. So, I've said for, for over a year, as a Blood Angel player, I want Dante to die. Would you he- want this to come to the rage or not? No, would you like him to die? He, and wouldn't. Never he never would. He never would. He he refused um, to drink blood a lot of the time. Mm. And spoilers ahead, by the way, for anybody who hasn't read Dante, please, please switch off now. But um, near the end, his uh, his companion, um, manservant, I think it's Arafil. He's old in human terms. He's probably like sixty, um, mm. maybe maybe he's younger. But he's old in human terms in forty k law, right? And he's tired, and he, he's basically bound to Dante in servitude till he dies, right? And he served Dante for a long time, and he's one of the only people that Dante actually shows his face to, um, mm. and that he's actually quite respectful of him. Anyway, um, Arafio slits his throat. His own throat, and begs Dante to drink his blood, as he's dying, and yeah. he he sees that as such an honor mm-hmm. to basically quench his master's thirst of the black rage. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Dante feels so ashamed. He's like looking away, you know, like a vampire in like Buffy or yeah, yeah. Um, Twilight would like look away from the blood as if say, no, no, no. Um, Dante very, very reluctantly drinks his blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't think he would ever turn. I don't think he would turn. Be interesting to see what they do because I, I agree. Like, I'd, I'd be happy for Dante to be the one that goes because I think, I think they have to start changing some of the characters. We've had a lot of the same ones for a long time now. Um, so I think Dante going would be a, would be a good shift. And stop putting Tycho in the in the bloody just books. 
Yeah. Been dead for a long time. Now. <laughs> he, he, yeah. Oh god, a long, long time. Um, and there's two versions of him as well. Yeah, because well, he falls to the Black Rage during Armageddon. Yeah, he yeah, he does. Yeah. He, he is cool. It's cool. Just legend Tycho, please. He doesn't need to be there yeah. anymore. Yeah. Again, if you want to play games set back it, then, it, if you're it, playing, you, you wouldn't. You're playing you narrative if you take Tycho anywhere. <laughs> You're playing narrative yeah. if you take Tycho anyway, so yeah. just put him in the legends, man. Um, I think Astaroth or Lamartes could step up and become chapter master. But I think if Dante dies, he something should happen. Like he should merge with the Sanguinor's spirit mm. or become the and new Sanguinor. So, yeah, yeah. Lose Dante, yeah. lose the Sanguinor, have one combined model uh, as like to a whatever this style model. Yeah, as to whatever this new being is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think will happen. And that's what I hope will happen. And people go, oh, put that in a dreadnought. No. As cool as it, it would be. No, just just, just <laughs> let him die. Let him merge with the Sanguinor. Uh, and, and yeah. That's what I think should happen to Dante. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Anyway, back to releases. <laughs> yes. Um... Sons of Beermat and the rest of the Realm Lord stuff. Now, so they've announced this week that it's a filler week for um, uh, for releases. So we've got the Titanicus stuff. We've got uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. Oh, there's a cat. Yeah. You, that's a very nice pussy you've got there, Grant. <laughs> He's shouting at me because I haven't put the fire on. Oh. Don't need it. Too warm. <laughs> um... So, yeah, we've obviously got those things coming out, uh, going up for pre-order next week. I genuinely thought they would have just slapped out the rest of the Necron and the Space Marine stuff. But that's probably no, what... I think... That's what they're going to reveal. We'll see it. We'll see it on the launch day, and then that'll be the pre-orders yeah. the next day. But if you look at the release days, Indomitus is out the 25th, right? That's when the pre-orders go up. It's almost the end of the month, but not the end of the month. Most people get paid at the end of the month. Yeah. Or a lot of people do. I think that is the filler week. The week after, you're going to see all the 40k stuff. I hope think- that they would fit in the Sons of Beermat somewhere, but it's how long can you continue the hype for Indomitus? Yeah. And so, well, two things. Do we think supplements are going to be rewritten for the new Space Marine Codex? Or are they going to work? No. I think the, are they gone? the Space Marine Codex has only been out nine months at this point yeah sorry but 11, no 11 months all this new stuff and not take out a new Spaceman Codex There's too much I think you'll get a new Spaceman Codex but the Spaceman Codex is like your core book for Space Marines mm. I think the supplements will remain exactly as they are FAQs maybe to, to match up yeah but I something think, like that it'll be, it'll be a real the, the issue is right in the supplement it, you've got your named characters you've got your super mm. doctrine you've got your chapter specific relics and stratagems Nothing in there even needs to change. I no. think they were written with that in mind. You'd like to think so, because I think a lot of people would be very annoyed if they'd go to buy another two books to play their space moves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would hope, then, that if the 40k stuff is coming out, th- there's a lot of stuff to release even in a two- or three-week window, which means if they don't release the Sons of Behemoth and the Realm Lords before that i.e. as in in the next three or four weeks, mm-hmm. we're not going to see it, I don't think, until September. 
And I think that's when we're going to see it. But... What was that, Gareth? I, I think they're going to be out probably September, early. It's a shame, but they did release the Beast Grey or, or the Warhammer Underworlds roadmap, and they did mm-hmm. say the Daughters of Cain and the Iron Jaws Warbands would be out in August. So there's yeah, definitely so. a filler week in there. Yeah, I think I think we'll see them in September because they, they have said the Luminous stuff is coming later in the year, and I think the yeah, we need kind of need the Realm Lord stuff. Before the Bayamat stuff, absolutely. So, based on that, I think we'll we'll get the but the Realm Lords is probably only one week, maybe two. So something too many, probably two weeks. Our range. So. No, well you'll have what's in the what's in the box, plus a unit of archers, plus techless. The giant goat. The giant goat. The, goat and the, the spells. Stone. The dwarf elves with the hammers, and then you've got the forward. you've got the guy sitting cross legged on top of the floating uh, yeah. rocks, and then you've got that female with the swirly bits around her. Mm. So they could they could get that out in in a week, really. I think it'll be two. I think it'll be two. Weeks. It'll, yeah, it'll be two. It will be two, but the, in a push, they could do it in one week. They need to compress yeah. the releases to catch up. They do, unless they do like one week is the Luminet stuff. Or some of the Luminous stuff, and the second week is Bayamat and the Lumen, and the rest of Lumen. Mm-hmm. Have it like a part so two. What was that, Gareth? Sorry. Have it. Uh, I would say they could put half the stuff for the Lumineth one week, and then have it as a part two for the second week. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a two week release. Like, I think it's too much to go into one. Week. Just based on past releases. And like, yeah, they do have to speed it up, but then do they? They can't just ship their own schedule back like three months. Doesn't really matter. They don't really have competition to, to beat. Yeah. They could just slot everything back and move maybe move some stuff around. Because a lot of stuff for 40k is gonna be books. To get every up to ninth edition. So it depends what's my, how much of that's going to be needed. Yeah. Like, are we going to see a, a mass speed run of codexes again? Because the last, the last few years in rule books has been insane for both games. Like, it's been. I know we always complained it moved too quickly, it moved too slowly. I think we're verging on it being too quick at the moment. I mean, what's like 14, 15 books for Sigmar alone in a year? It's just yeah. it's crazy. So maybe. Taking a small breather just now, and being like, right, let's re- let's let's kind of plan this year out so that we can compensate for for, for what COVID's uh, done to our schedule, but maybe not, maybe taking some feedback because I think most people are agreeing we just, we could slow it down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, we're gonna have to call it there, folks. We ran over a little bit of time. Uh, thank you very much uh, for listening to the podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Please check out the rest of the channel. And, uh, of course, if you would like to take part, uh, please become a Patreon and support the channel. But for now, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again very soon.